My point is they were there. Premium boosters were there. Premium boosters were a thing. They were a thing. And now they're not a thing. Yeah, I'm going to talk about this for a moment. We're going to launch right in. Are you sure, Jim? Are you sure you didn't imagine these? Maybe I... Yeah, maybe I'm imagining it. Maybe I need to be put into a bed and Bethesda can feed me little tea that definitely doesn't have poison in it to keep me bedridden. Right, this... I mean, is this gaslighting or what? But basically... It, it feels gaslighty. It feels a bit gaslighty. So, Wolfenstein Young Bloods, that's a game what came out a few days ago. It's fine, I guess. We'll talk about... I know uh, Gab's played it, I've played it. Um, fine. <laughs> fine wouldn't be my thoughts on it now, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. Well, okay. <laughs> well, we'll get to it. You played it, Laurie, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I've been playing it. Yeah. So we've all played it. We'll talk about the actual game in a moment. But so it's got microtransactions in it. It's very live servicey. I, I said in my Jim Impressions video, it confirms to me what Fallout 76 suggested, and that is Bethesda has been well and truly bit by the live service bug. Um, you use the, the gold in it to buy cosmetics, and, you know, there's the usual it's just cosmetic excuse, which I've talked about many times and dismissed many times with what I consider very credible uh, pushback against it. Um, but that's besides the point. The point right now is there was some confusion at launch, and actually for a few days after launch, because they only fixed it afterwards, um, as to the uh, as to what microtransactions could be spent on, because there are boosters in there, like what you find in um, you know most notably Assassin's Creed Odyssey, XP boosters, um, mm. currency boosters, damage boosters, stuff like that. Um, yeah. On the PC version, you could only buy those with currency earned in game with the silver currency, mm. not the Nazi gold bars, because this game, by the way, sells literal Nazi gold. Um, so you couldn't spend the, the premium currency on it. But on the console version, on the PS4 version, and I've got video evidence of it, uh, the, the, for a while, uh, you could spend the in-game gold, the Nazi gold that you buy with real money, on the boosters. And it was only on the console version. And, and it's important to note that, like, I've seen some people around this say, well, that it, it's okay because you could also buy them with silver. But the important thing there is... If they're purchasable with real money, that 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 sets the the implication that hey, we we have created this because we have balanced the game to make it so you will want to have these so that you will pay money for them. Yep. And not only that, not only that, I've got a screenshot. I've got video evidence of it in that Jim Impressions video. I'm looking at a screenshot right now of the silver coin loot boost times two. Mm. The cost only has the gold. Yeah. 50 in-game gold, that's all you could buy it for for a while. Maybe maybe that was in error, maybe some mistake happened, but, like, the problem right now is that, like, there is a denial that it ever happened. Yes, there is gaslighting going on, and at first, like, I've, I very calmly corrected this guy on Twitter, um, and I've known of them for a while, like, I've, I've seen them on and off, I think I may have, like, dealt with them when I did game reviews and stuff back in the day. I didn't realise that... that um, this guy uh, is now the director of PR at Bethesda. He's done PR all over the place, but this guy on Twitter, there's this tweet that went up, does everyone understand you can't buy boosters in Youngblood? I keep seeing it pop up. Ha. Now, that was written in a condescending way. Does everyone understand? Well, no, not everyone understood it because for a while it wasn't true. And then I look in the thread and I see other PR people, some and, and people in games media and, and stuff with games media experience retweeting this stuff. Uh, and I find it very disappointing because there are people I otherwise respect in this thread making fun of people. Um, but someone on Reddit mentioned it once. No. Someone on Reddit didn't just mention it once and now we all believe it. I saw it with my own fucking eyes. And then this PR guy responds with, let's make a video about it then. Like, dude, this is, this is straight up pretending something didn't happen when it did. Yeah. Or at the very least, only talking about the current situation and completely ignoring the prior situation and acting as if we're all idiots right now for believing something that isn't true. Just because it isn't true now. It is true. I've got video evidence of it. Polygon did an article on it. And if you go over to the Polygon article, they actually um, 
have an, an update now that says Bethesda did this in error, that they accidentally, I guess, didn't remove it. I'm guessing at one point it was properly planned to be sold for, for real currency and they altered it but they've patched it out now mm. but i'm very disappointed in some of the people in that thread making fun of people who literally saw it with their own eyes video games drama so i i want to try and like have the most benefit of the doubt possible interpretation of this there is and i think that like the most you could you could give benefit of the doubt on this is Perhaps at some point in development, they were planning to charge gold, the, the, the real money currency for this. They changed their mind and sort it, you know, fixed it on some platforms, forgot to update it on PS4. That's a genuine fuck up. The PR person who you were speaking to may genuinely have not known. Perhaps they were aware that it's supposed to be viable with silver. They maybe double checked it themselves and went, no, it's there. It's silver. It's not gold because they checked it on not PS4. And at that point, if you've checked it and you know it's supposed to be that, like you can see why they would go, no, that's ridiculous and get, you know, very confident in themselves. I will say this, though. Yeah. At that most charitable read on it that yeah. you provided, this is <laughs> yeah. still the director of Bethesda, the PR director at Bethesda. Yeah. Not knowing what everyone was talking about regarding his game yeah. and then condescending people on Twitter about it and compounding that by making fun of them in the comments. Yeah, even even with my very, very, very generous reading, he has still gotten, like, been making fun of people rather than going, wait, a lot of people are talking about this. Should I just take three minutes to double check that this isn't a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can go, and this isn't just outrage videos. There's a Polygon article on this with the update that says Bethesda itself explained. I'll read it. Bethesda has explained the discrepancies in items offered across different platforms with different currencies used to purchase those items should have patched before launch and has been done so now. Someone from Bethesda PR had to have told Polygon that. How does the director not know at the most charitable rate? And by the way, what is going on with Bethesda? Like, I know Gav just sung video game drama, but I think it's more than just drama on this because it's Bethesda's own PR spreading some bullshit. Um, but what is going on with Bethesda lately? And I'm talking not just about in general how shit they've gone and how they've gone downhill. Over this past weekend, they accidentally... Um, they accidentally had weird pricing discrepancies and sold boosters in Wolfenstein Youngblood and accidentally DRM'd Doom, a 30-year-old fucking game. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. And they've just been so busy with QuakeCon that they've forgotten that they're running a game company because both of these things happened in the same amount of time. Both two very controversial and unpopular tactics done by publishers on purpose. They've done both of them accidentally over the past couple days. Well, see, I I prefer the, uh, like, I, I have less of a problem with Bethesda because at least, like, I feel like they were, theirs was incompetence. The one that gets me is the one that is not incompetence yes. was a deliberate choice. Should we talk about Crash Team Racing? Right. Yeah, this is... Yeah. Let's, let's just, like, say this is Activision's modus operandi now. If you're someone who, for ethical, principle, or psychological reasons, do not want to buy games with microtransactions in them, again, mm -hmm. we want to talk about games PR and certain members of the media miscategorizing this problem with microtransactions as just people being ragey. There are people, and, you know, I've spoken to them now, who avoid games with microtransactions because they're psychologically vulnerable to them and don't want to risk being in a position where they'll overspend. And if you are someone who wants to check games out beforehand to make sure that, that you will avoid those, those, those manipulative techniques and tactics, when it comes to Activision, you just can't trust them. You straight up just can't trust anymore. Uh, I would wait a year before buying any of their games, if that's a concern of yours. Because they are now, they've done it with Call of Duty a few times now. Yeah. They've just done it with, uh, they've just announced it with Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, which, by the way, is a remake of a 20-year-old game. Um, that suspiciously Fortnite-esque storefront that we talked about a while ago, yeah. that we said looks primed for microtransactions, has indeed been mm -hmm. primed for microtransactions. Um, over a month after the game came out, they are retroactively patching in the ability to buy coins with real money instead of grinding for them. 
them. This is what Activision does now. Yeah, it's shitty. I have nothing else to add about it. It's just a real shitty situation. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it I, I try not to wade into these discussions, but it does kind of surprise me when I see people defending this kind of um, what I would personally consider a very exploitative uh, method of monetizing things. And uh, it, it really like there's this weird divide between YouTube video game people and the the kind of I suppose traditional media hmm. um, not all of who but it would usually be some people in that um, area that I would see kind of defending this and it I don't know it just fuels this fire that 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 people think that like you know reviewers are in with the devs and yeah. getting paid and all this which we know isn't true but like hmm. It does fuel that fire, you know. It doesn't help when when some people go out of their way to go to bat for this stuff. It's particularly grating when um, some of it is presented in a way that's extremely sneery towards yeah. the consumer, yeah. mm-hmm. and that bothers me. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like that is really not doing anyone any favours by being so kind of condescending. Uh, just to quickly add to Gav's point, and then um, I shall yield the floor. Um, sorry, you, you know me, I get so fucking hit up about this stuff. I think I've got, I think I've got, I think I've got the killing blow for this story, so I'll let you go first, Jim. Yeah, I'll, I'll set it up, you knock it the fuck down, my friend. Um, what frustrates me, especially when I see it coming from people in the media who I otherwise respect and who I know have paid attention to my work over the 10 years... Um, that I focused on a lot of these issues Um, and from people who otherwise don't but should know better Uh, and I don't expect everyone to watch my videos but I've put these arguments out there so often now and they are always ignored when I see people go to bat for this stuff they still hinge on it's optional it's convenient it's a choice it's cosmetic and I've systematically torn those arguments apart Not once, not twice, more times than I can count over a 10-year period. I have gone in with a scalpel and I have dissected these defences and every time they are blustered past, steamrolled over and ignored so they can repeat the exact same talking points. And this goes hand in hand with the gaslighting. This is phrases and arguments real shallow ones just being repeated over and over and over again until it becomes the truth and then you see people replicating this bullshit as the truth when there are credible arguments tearing that so-called truth down this common knowledge down and it, it utterly pisses me off because they ignore everything all of the arguments, all of the research that has been done on aggressive in-game monetization, they deliberately ignore it to bang on the same talking points and and propagate what, what I consider to be corporate propaganda. Okay, I've said my piece. Hmm. Now you go in, go, get in there, go after it. Okay, okay, so... I have a theory about why this is a thing that they do, and I I think it might not even be about, you know, selling the game and then sneaking it in later, so much as, uh... In the UK, we have a games rating system called Peggy, which last summer brought in a specific icon to go on game boxes to warn of in-game purchases. Oh, Laurie, you're giving away what I'm talking about on Monday's gym position. Oh, have I, have I beaten you on this? <laughs> so, so, the, the box art for Crash Team Racing, as it exists today does not have the Peggy art for in-game purchases. Nope. However, like, it is on Peggy's website. Peggy, to their credit, have updated their rating online to say, hey, it does have in-game purchases. But you can't change the box. And maybe at some point in the next few weeks we will see any new box art that's produced having, you know, having this logo on. But anything that got shipped before that point, which is a... The vast majority of copies of the game will never have that in-game purchases icon on the box. Yep, yep, yep. I was just writing the Jimquisition script for Monday and I was talking about, from a US perspective, the ESRB, because they do the same. Yeah. Um, They tried to deflect the whole loot box controversy in 2018 by introducing the in-game purchases label. Mm. If you go on something like the Switch eShop right now, you will see in-game purchases on the storefront for Wolfenstein Youngblood. Mm. If you go over to Crash Team Racing, I checked this just before we recorded, it is currently not there. Yeah. Uh, And you are absolutely right. I was actually, once we're done recording, Mm. my next point of business was to go over to Target and take photos of the boxes for Crash Team Racing. Yeah. 
Well, this this is the thing. It's like, I'm impressed that Peggy updated it. I honestly, when I went to check Pe Peggy's website, expected them to not have that icon there. But obviously, like, I do not see a world in which uh, Activision get uh, gets asked to recall the boxes of all unsolved copies no. to add this logo to them. No, that's just not going to happen. It's not realistic. I think I should be allowed to go to Target and Best Buy with a Sharpie and write it on the box, though. I think legally <laughs> I should be allowed to do that. They probably won't let me. You, you, you would be you would be giving consumers more up-to-date purchasing information. I think you should be allowed to do that. I think legally... I know I don't even I, I don't just have a right. I have a legal obligation to go in there with a Sharpie and deface the boxes. That's the thing, though. Like, I would love to know what percentage of copies of 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 a game are usually sold in its first month or at least shipped out to retailers in its first month. I would wager a pretty high percentage that percentage of copies, whether they're new on shelves and just take a while to shift or secondhand copies that stay in circulation won't be properly Peggy listed as having in-game transactions. Yeah. And I feel like that's deliberate on Activision's part. I think it's no coincidence that most of these post-launch microtransactions, that Activision stepped up its game here after mm. these in-game purchase warnings were introduced. Yeah. I, I think that's not just the that's not the only advantage, but that is one big one. There are many advantages to them delaying their microtransaction um, updates uh, to skirt press attention, reviews of, obviously is the one people bring up, to get people yeah. buying the game up front. Um, it's, it's just another racket on top of the ongoing pyramid of rackets. Just this pile of mm. rackets that make up the, the mainstream game industry now. Uh, and, and it's not helped by PR people and some people in games media. Not not everyone. There is amazing reporting going on, by the way, about stuff. Um, hmm. But some of it is it's just propping up long discredited corporate propaganda yeah. and adding to a confusopoly, which I've also talked about um, this year. Um, this way of confusing and befuddling customers into not knowing what is and isn't in a game, yeah. what they can and cannot pay for, what version of which game has what content and what doesn't. Like, There's so much deliberately cultivated confusion among the customer base. And it's, yeah, it's not helped by gaslighting. Yeah, like, I'm picturing a hypothetical world in which some, some parent goes into a shop looking to pick up Crash Team Racing, and there's two copies on the shelves from different shipment dates, and they're like... Uh, this one says in-game purchases on the back. This one doesn't. Oh, it's okay. I'll get this one. It doesn't have in-game purchases. Like, that's a hypothetical situation that could exist. This is a fucked up situation. Also, hello, it's Pogquisition. Hi. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, sorry, just to cut in. Um, he's talking bullshit again. Oh, is he talking more bullshit? He's, he's just replied with, it seems screenshots from a pre-launch build exist. Nope, that was my screenshot from a post-launch build. Taken, uh, if not the day after, then the, it was like two days after. That was it. It was taken two days after I bought the game. Yeah. Also, you know, Bethesda don't fucking give you pre-release code. <laughs> yes. Like, they, they, they themselves... Actually, I don't think they should They give anyone pre-release code anymore. Um, they do. They've gone back to giving some people, but not everyone. I feel like while they're not wrong that, like, <clears throat> rage is a currency on YouTube at this point, I think they're, they're, they're kind of um, dying on the wrong hill with this one. Yeah, I think this is one where they are actively wrong and, like... The more they try and de deny that this happened, the more people are going to get pissed off and just go, no, yeah. it did happen. Just acknowledge that it happened and it won't be such a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad. I, I'm so glad I don't work in PR. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't sound fun. My, my PR basically amounts to the delete tweet button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. How, how, how are you both doing this week? <laughs> Good, good, busy. We we started on video games. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, we we did twenty minutes of video games. We talk about Boglands now for the other forty minutes, will we? <laughs> I know nothing about them, so it'll be great. Oh, yeah. I I, I could hear you just then go like, oh, let's talk about Boglands. The ominous silence as Gavin doesn't know how to continue talking about Boglands. <laughs> I know you, you, you basically they're ugly and you stick your hand up their arse. So <laughs> uh, should we should we talk a bit about Wolfenstein as an actual game? Because we talked yeah. about it because, you know, controversy. But we've all played it, I think, this week. A lot to say about that game. <laughs> Who wants to start? 
you, I think, thought it was all right, Jim. I think I, I think we differ on Just this. Just a bit yeah, more casual yeah. on it. Sorry, I'm, I'm in the middle of Twitter arguing. We're not Twitter arguing. I've got to correct this. Like, I, I genuinely think this needs fucking correct. This is misinformation. All right. Yeah. Well, well, will we talk about Wolfenstein then? Yeah, and I'll go correct misinformation. I'll I'll start with my my sort of lukewarm take. Um. Mm. I, I picked that game up and yeah, I think it's fine. It's definitely it's definitely got a very limited selection of areas to go to and it's it's clearly wants me to be going back to places and sort of re-experiencing the same content, just sort of slightly repackaged, you know, which isn't great. I don't want this to be a direction for the series going forward or anything, but it's still a fun-feeling shooter where I get to go murder a bunch of Nazis, and I quite like the pair of protagonists. Um, I thought that the cutscene near the beginning of their first Nazi kill was quite interesting in the emotional range they showed, and that that in that that got me interested in those characters. I think it's a real disappointment that they didn't do more with them. Like, I think they set them up interestingly, and then never had any long-term payoff for what they wanted to do with the characters. What about you, Gav? What are you thinking on it? I feel so differently. That's fair, yeah. I, I hate the characters. I think it's like run, it's running around with Stifler from American Pie multiplied by two. It's just, they're so annoying with their constant shouting and, yeah, dude, I'm just like, oh my God, stop, make it stop. And the stuff they come out with just makes me cringe and I just, ugh. So... I here's the thing. I I cringe at half the stuff they do, but like, I don't know how much of that for me is. You know, some people find it lovably goofy. I guess. I I I, I kind of like these characters in the way that I like the characters in Life in uh, Life is Strange, who are equally very cringy. Yeah. It's there is something about being in uh, being a woman in your late teens, early twenties, where like. There is a reality to those sort of cringe cringe and crass years that never really get depicted very often in media. Yeah. And there's something a little like that, that resonates with me of just like, okay, they don't know what the fuck they're doing and they're, they're, they are they are stupid fucking characters and I kind of love them for it. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, that, that I totally get that. And like, you're talking to someone who loves Broad City, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I just found these two were just, uh, I just didn't like the way they're written and I just found them irritating rather than funny and, and lovable. Yeah, know? it's here's the thing. It's that they're, they're irritating, but they're irritating in exactly the kind of way that I feel called out in where I'm like, oh, OK, no, yeah, I can. Yeah. I, I can see that having been a thing like at one point in my life, I would have found hilarious. And there's something kind of endearing about that. Yeah. Other uh, like other than them, though, this game is like pretty much everything I didn't want from a Wolfenstein game. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think back to like the New Order. Yeah. And how that was such a great linear story. Yeah. So well told, so well written. Every level was cool and interesting. The gunplay was great. Like basically the only thing in this that I like are it's visually, it's nice. It's good looking game. And the guns shoot well. Other than that, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't even get, like, I couldn't even get a few hours through it. It's so boring. It's just the same shit over and over and over, and you're going through the areas again. The enemies respawn, like, two seconds after you kill them. And if you die, you have to go all the way back to the start of the mission. So you end up just running through the goddamn thing. So I'm like, congratulations, Wolfenstein. You made me not want to shoot the Nazis. I've been doing with it the thing that I always do with Wolfenstein games, where I just put it on on low difficulty so that I can just blast my way through these things without yeah. thinking. Yeah. Like, I, I've been using this as my new... I just want to kind of mindlessly shoot some Nazis and not have to think about the ethical re- repercussions and just sort of do some cool, good shooting killing. And But that, I've been having fun with it. That's completely fair. And uh, I if I were to continue this game... I would put it on easy solely because the fucking bullet sponge enemies with their really irritating yeah. armor system, which is just really weird. And and, and like it te- you, you have to sh- like between the muzzle flash blocking the armor and like it's just it seems like there's so many decisions in this game, design decisions that just 
are the antithesis of what was fun about <laughs> the, the other ones. I, I'm having fun with it. I would be disappointed if, you know, we didn't go back after this to something more like, you know, the, the New Order or something. Yeah. But, like, I don't mind this as a a cheap spin-off title. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll have fun with this. Like, I'm hoping to play some co-op with, uh, with Jane at some point soon. Yeah. Like, I... I'm having enough fun with it that I'm not... I don't feel like I made a mistake by picking it up. Yeah, well, that's fair. I, I mean, I just, you know... I, I'll be honest, I think it's the worst game I've played this year. But I don't play as many games as you two, so you've probably played far worse games than this, you know? Yeah, I... This this doesn't even rank in the t- in the in the ten worst probably like yeah I, I play a lot of shit <laughs> yeah as 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 a, as a as a game as on its own I can see maybe how people would find merit in it but as a Wolfenstein game and what I perhaps uh, unfairly expect from a Wolfenstein game and want from one it just did nothing that I wanted it to do. I, I wouldn't say it was unfair. If you buy a Wolfenstein game, you generally expect a Wolfenstein game. Um, yeah. I am a bit kinder towards it. Mm. I didn't mind it. I found it enjoyable enough. And I'm going to die on this hill. I know that nobody agrees with me. I know no one agrees with me, and that's fine. Are you about to talk about liking the protagonists? Laura does. Yeah, I'm on the. I'm on your team on this. Yeah. Yes, actually, yes, you you did. Uh, sorry, I was too busy. I was rambling on Twitter. I'm in the minority on that one. I hate them, and Laura and and you both like them. Well, you're in the minority here, but yeah. Judging from how people responded to my video when I said I liked them. <laughs> You're not in the minority there. Hate is a very strong word. I don't care enough to hate them. Sure. I just really found them irritating to listen to. I I said it was like listening to two Stiflers, the Stifler twins. So I, I want to like talk about a very, very, very early scene just to sort of explain like the scene that made me like realize that I kind of like these characters. Uh, and I vaguely mentioned this to Gav earlier was um the, the first cutscene in which they kill a Nazi. Because, like, you, usually when you, it comes to, like, killing, you know, first kills in video games, you know, male protagonists, ah, don't sweat an eyelid at it, you know, just, you know, murder away. Female characters usually get the Tomb Raider syndrome of, oh, no, what have I done? Big feelings, ah, and then they go on a murder spree. I liked that there was some actual, like, conflicting emotion going on in that scene, like, the first time it happens, like, you know... You've got the uh, I, I keep forgetting which sister's which, but the uh, the the lighter haired one. She's she's trying to shoot the Nazi, and she's like you know from a distance. She's trying to look away. She's like she's clearly a bit struggling with it. Later, she's like yay cheering because you know the relief of having pulled it off. Then starting to throw up. Then laughing because of the absurdity of the whole situation. Like the the sort of seemingly almost contradictory emotions in such a high charged scene. I was like that. That's interesting. I, I I can understand why all of those contradictory emotions are happening to these characters. Like I got on board with them quite early. I like these. I like them as protagonists. Yeah, I f- I found them very dorky, but I found that sort of charming in that sort of adorkable way. Yeah. Um, but I understand why people might find them grating. I do understand that. Um, but I just I was very charmed by the way they give each other shit, but in a very genuinely like yeah. heartfelt way. Really? Because see, that I felt like. It was like uh, whoever wrote this doesn't have a, a, a brother or sister. <laughs> That's that. That was how I felt listening listening to the way they they talk to each other. I was like, this is supposed to sound like kind of sibling stuff, but to me, that feels nothing like uh, the way siblings talk. I don't know. Do you know what? I could just be. You know, projecting my own. <laughs> Bear in mind, you're talking to me, and I I don't talk like normal people talk. Um, yeah. I'm I'm because I'm an abnormal troglodyte, so maybe maybe that's why I found it a bit more relatable. <laughs> I I liked their terrible dialogue for the same reason that, you know, I genuinely love lines in Life is Strange like go fuck your selfie. Like shit like that yeah. where it's like, that's terrible and no one would ever say it, but it's also just such a terrible thing that it is really human. Cause humans are weird. We say stupid shit that doesn't make sense and it's kind of like it. I like when there's dialogue thrown around in games that doesn't feel like it was focus tested to shit. I like the dumb elevator dances as well. Yeah. When the sisters dance in the elevators to hide the loading screens. 
Um, I, I was very glad I caught the one where um, Soph simulates a blowjob um, just before I put my video up. So I'm like, right, capture that footage and then put it into my mop, my top shot montage showing off the microtransactions where you can see video evidence of those boosters being sold for gold. Not on a pre-launch build. Not on a pre-launch build. Fucking hell. Um, anyway, um, I'll just briefly give my thoughts on the, the game as a game. Um, say my little piece on the matter. Um, so like I said, I'm not as... Um, not as... Uh, disappointed or pissed off by it as some people have been. Don't get me wrong, I'm not. I'm not pissed off. I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't like this, and I'm getting a refund. <laughs> I'm, I said some people. I don't mean you. Yeah, because I know a lot of people were were very unhappy with it. I played it for like just ten minutes under the two hours so that I would be able to get a refund because I know I'm never gonna play this again. Right. Here's what I think. It's all right. It's fine. Um. My problems with it are, I guess I've got the same problems as everyone else. It's just they don't bother me as much. Mm. Um, the enemies being bullet sponges seems indicative of uh, the live service nature of it. Because some people, it's the way we saw with, with uh, MMOs, where a whole bunch of MMOs popped up. And they all thought, well, World of Warcraft is the successful one. So let's ignore the fact that an MMO could be anything. It just has to be massively multiplayer. Mm. Let's just make them all like, wow. And I think people are looking at some popular, um, uh, popular live services and thinking, right, looter shooters. What do looter shooters have? They have enemies with health bars that you chip away with and they take the wrong lessons from these successful games yeah. and replicate them without a good reason or context. You don't need those bullet sponge health bars in Wolfenstein, but other live services have had them. Looter shooters have had them. So let's have them as well. That's what it feels like. And someone to me was arguing, they said, well, I don't see the microtransactions as a big problem. I've got way more important problems but it, nothing exists in a bubble it all feeds in together the the problems the, the the problem someone noted to me was the bullet sponge enemies and the fact you can't pause the game and the mm. fact that they respawn like a minute after you've killed them sure like this is worth this is actually worse than far cry 2 for the respawns but that all ties into the microtransactions because it's all part and parcel of the live service experience. We want respawning enemies to encourage people to just stay in this location and keep playing. Mm -hmm. We give them bullet sponge health bars because live services, because looter shooters. And we can't pause because it's always online because it's got to have co-op in it to justify the fact that it's a live service. Yeah. And the live service exists so that they can help sell microtransactions. And the stupid obtuse armor system. Yeah, and I've said this a few times. It's no surprise there are suddenly cosmetic microtransactions introduced at the same time Wolfenstein goes co-op. Because it's all part of the same fucking package. It's all part of, well, now there's another player. Let's sell them things or sell them options to speed up getting things so they can keep up with the Joneses. And you know, have that socially accepted way of playing, which I've, I've shown industry talks about, uh, especially from Tora Fjernström, um, telling game developers how to do this, how to emphasise that the socially accepted way of playing a game is to spend money on it. And the best way to do that is to show off your purchases, i.e. your cosmetics. That's why cosmetic microtransactions are in some ways even more insidious than a, a straight-up pay-to-win system. Um, so it's all tied together is what I'm saying. All of the issues people have had have all tied into this live service push that Bethesda's on. And I feel like once again... <clears throat> this was another case of the game was actively, deliberately made worse mm. in order to, uh, you know, make way for the 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 monetization. That's the game industry mainstream. Sorry, the mainstream game industry. That's their MO. It sure is. Have either of you tried playing this solo, by the way? The AI companion is like, it's it's worse than Dom. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. This this AI companion doesn't revive me. She runs out and fucking gets killed every five seconds, and I have to go revive. These mechanics should have been left behind with Gears of War two. You know. Mm. I will say one just nice positive thing for uh, for Bethesda's continued support for the Switch. This came out day and day on on Switch and the Switch port, much like Doom twenty sixteen. Pretty solid port. 
I've I've given it a bit of a go on Switch, and I'm like, yeah, this this is a this is a decent port. Thank thank you for bring for continuing to bring games to Switch and doing it the same day as other platforms. Well, that's something. Yeah, I'm glad that they have not given up on supporting the Switch yet. Yeah, still yeah, I found it a pretty disappointing uh, experience. I found the last one disappointing as well. I love I love the story in uh, what was the last one called? New Colossus. New Order, New Colossus, Old Blood. That one had a really cool story, and I know not everyone liked the the characters in it, but I thought they were pretty cool. And in this one, I just there's nobody I like. There's no one I care about. The only time I felt anything reg- like remotely in the vein of, oh, there's someone I'm interested to hear about is uh, Anya and uh, BJ, the one scene that they were in at the start. And also, it's just really weird how it skips forward so far into the future out of the main game's timeline. And then what are we going to have for the next one? (laughs) Do you know? It's just... Yeah. America's liberated now. Well, great. We never got to see that happening. We just get spoiled on it, you know? That won't stop him. That won't stop him just going back and filling in the blanks. But, you know, we're in, we're in a, the era of 80s exploitation. Of course they want some of that in there. That, that, the moment I saw it, I'm like, I, I kind of dug it just because I, I, I'm, I'm not yet sick of 80s exploitation. The, the 80s Nazi music was fun. I'll give it that. Mm. There's a sentence. Like the 80s, <laughs> 80s style Nazi anthems. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I quite appreciate this 80s Nazis music. <sighs> Go post that on Reddit out of context. <laughs> that could be one of those, um, one of those uh, nostalgia shows they do on like v- VH1 and everything. <laughs> I love the 19 Nazis. That music was made. That music was made by some very fine musicians. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. So what? What else? What else have we played this week? <sighs> I'm gonna get in so much trouble for that joke. Jim, uh, Jim, uh, you started on Dragon Quest Builders too. Bah. Yes. Yes. How How are you finding it so far? I still don't know if I'm at the final, at, at the bit where I feel like I'm building things for keeps. It's a very. It It, it reminds me that. Um. Immediate gameplay is not high on the list of priorities with certain Japanese franchises. Mm. I, I, I'm as far as I made the big tree grow in the farm place. Yeah. Yeah. But is that where I'm permanently building all my shit? Uh, no. No. Okay. So, so here's the thing. You know that farm island? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as you were done, you've built the big tree, you go decide which of those villages you're going to take with you. You will go back to the Isle of Awakening, and that is your big. That is. Hey, this okay. is this this is just your open world island. Build wherever the fuck you want on it. Gotcha. Build whatever you want. Yeah. Um. Anything you've built on that farm island, and you're like, oh, I feel like I put a lot of work into that, and I, you know, you know, I'm leaving it behind. Don't worry. Keep progressing. You will have the ability later to just lift that stuff oh, and nice. drop it on your big island. Nice. They've really thought about keeping stuff you build. I like that. That, that legwork you have done, later on you will just be able to basically highlight it in a grid with a pencil and go, build, build, automate building that for me on my island so I can have that again, please. Cool. Okay. So I'm not super far into it because it takes mm. so long to, to get into stuff. And I'm, yeah. I'm juggling a whole bunch of other games that I've been playing. Yeah, that's fair. I'm playing builders mostly for fun. Um, but I'm playing a bunch of other games just for fun as well, as, as well as games I'm playing for work. So mm. it's slow going, but I I dig it. It it seems just as charming as, as the last one. Mm. Really user friendly. Um, issues I had with, again, like permanence and stuff have been addressed, though I'm not quite that far to enjoy it. Yeah. I like knowing it's there. Um, I will say the none of the characters I like. <laughs> I don't like any of them. They're all written to be assholes. Yeah. The, the next island you go to is where I started liking some of the characters. Like, I, I, I have a soft spot for some characters in the uh, the big mining desert you're about to go to. But um, Nice. Like, I'm a fan of egotistical characters in certain yes. stories and contexts. <laughs> but when everyone is a self-entitled asshole, yeah. it makes it hard for me to like anybody. But um, I do... I am enjoying it. Yeah, I... I, I'm still ploughing ahead with it. I'm on the third big, like, story island, and 
I, I think this is probably the last one. This is the big island that is teaching me about how to make defences and weaponry and big castles and all sorts of, you know, stuff for doing a war. And I, I'm still really enjoying it. I, I, I maintain that, like, 99% of, uh, problems I had with the first game have been addressed and improved so that I'm like I just have fewer things that are stumbling blocks that are annoying me in this game which is great um there's some really nice um things that help speed up building things on your like forever island um you, you'll soon unlock there are some scavenger hunt islands you can go to and if you go and find all of the the checklist things they want you to find on the island they'll give you unlimited of a certain resource and you can do these little scavenger hunts to be like, okay, now, like, you've collected enough fucking wood at this point. Have unlimited wood so that anything built out of wood, you don't have to go chopping down trees for half an hour to get the resources for. Cool, cool. Like, that's a really nice thing that has been, like, speeding up the the basic grind of collecting materials you've already collected, which is really nice. I mean, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice to see a game come out? And they've implemented as part of the game that you bought convenient time-saving elements that make you just have more fun with the game because you don't have to do the tedious stuff. It's it's real nice. Yeah, and they're not even selling you the way to do that. That's just part of the fucking game. Yeah. Uh, so if you keep playing this, I have one warning, and this is for like, I've, some people have picked this game up hearing me talk about it or watching me stream it, and I, I want to give one word, like, caveat of warning about this game. Yeah. Between the second and, th uh, sorry, between the second and third main island in the game, you will go back to your big forever island to start building things, you'll be given some big projects to start working on. Oh, has someone gone round and tagged swastikas on all the walls? No. Okay. It's, it's about as annoying though. Oh. Um, you, you'll get into the rhythm of here is my second, here is the second of my big building projects back on my forever island. I'm really getting into the, the rhythm of, you know, making all this stuff with the new materials I found. Mm. And you will get dragged off to a mission without your choice uh. while you're in the middle of building things on your forever island with no warning. Uh, you will get dragged off to a prison. When that happens, it's only an hour long. Don't worry about, like, looking for side quests or anything. Just fucking power through it. Gotcha. Just, just, That's not just so follow bad. The, when you get taken to the, the prison, just follow the objective markers for an hour and you'll be fine. Okay, that's not the worst thing I've seen in terms of dragging someone out. It's it's not the worst thing, but like as as long as you know that it's going to happen, yeah. it's not too bad. Just when when you get dragged off to the prison and you're really annoyed because you were in the middle of building something, just just push through it for an hour and the the game gets back to being as it was. Appreciate the heads up. Forewarned is forearmed. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a charming little game. It's a good little game so far. I've been I've been giving my Switch a workout this week. Yeah. As a yeah, because um, Bethesda, good old Bethesda, who we Bethesda. haven't talked about today yet, um, put put Doom and Doom Two and Doom Three up on consoles. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're on the Switch. Very exciting. Uh, they had that. They had that kerfuffle where it had DRM on it. Uh, where you had to log in with a Bethesda.net account in order to access a 30-year-old game in Doom. Um, they have since said that was an accident, very much like these um, boosters being sold for Nazi gold in uh, console versions. Accident. Sorry, we fucked up. Um, apparently, you were able to sign in um, optionally for, a, a, like, as part of the Doom Slayers Club. And I'm fine with that. Like, if there's a bonus, because they said there's, like, some sort of bonus or, or reward for it. If you want, even if, if, even if you're using it as DRM, if there is an end user benefit to logging in, I'm not so chuffed off with that. If, if you get something for the inconvenience. Yeah. Um, but when it was launched. It just looked like straight-up DRM. It was sign-in to play Doom of all things for no good reason. And I think currently at the time of talking, that's still the case. They haven't fixed it. Which is annoying because it also locks up the game if you put uh, the Switch into sleep mode for too long. And then I've got to close it off and start it up again. Um, but when you actually get in and play, it is Doom and Doom 2. And that's pretty fine by me. Yeah. 
it is exactly what it needed to be once you're in there. I'm just glad I got logged in and didn't, as I was initially planning, save it for my uh, plane ride on Friday. Because <laughs> um, I've got a plane trip on Friday and I like to... I like to get a new portable game or two as a treat for when I'm up in the air to, you know, there's nothing else to do. I don't typically get in-plane Wi-Fi or anything when I'm up there. If, if anything, I appreciate a few hours in the sky away from everything, um, literally yeah. and figuratively. Um, but I would have been in for a nasty surprise had I saved it for the plane and then got told I... Because I tried it in airplane mode to see if that was a possibility. And no, no. If, if I'd have played that up in the air in airplane mode, I would not have been able to play my Doom. Um, luckily, it is a one-time login on the Switch. And maybe even by now, who knows, they may have fixed it. Um, but, but anyway. To be honest, making you log into Doom even once is kind of what the fuck. Yes. I haven't really followed this story, but I'm like, what? You have to log in to play Doom? Well, like I say, this seems to be part and parcel of Bethesda's whole oops, we fucked up thing lately, um, where, where, as I say, it was supposed to be an option for the Doom Slayers Club, not a requirement for a Bethesda.net login. Okay, but if I go and buy Doom right now, sorry, I was only half listening. If I go and buy Doom on the Switch, do I need to log into an account to play it? At the time of talking, yes. But they are fixing that. They are changing that. They know you can play this on like a toaster, don't they? Yes. Well, I mean, that was they're they're claiming it was an accident. Um, But again, it's weird that they accidentally did DRM and accidentally did paid boosters. This is just, again, really like makes me sad (laughs) to see like Bethesda becoming such a, a meme again. Do you know? Yeah, just just. Whenever it's not malevolence, it almost always is incompetence. It's always one of the two. They've got two settings now, and they just flick between them. It makes me sad. It just it, honestly, it makes me sad for like the good people I know who work there, who have huh. to like n- probably aren't allowed to share their opinions on all this fucking bullshit that's going on. Probably not. Like whenever I speak to developers in these companies, it's always under condition of very strict anonymity. Um, which is how the publishers like it, of course, because it's always a little less credible if it's coming from an unknown source. Um, but anyway, um, outside of that, the novelty of playing Doom and Doom 2 on the Switch is nice. Um, and I may get Doom 3 for the plane ride, although I will make sure I log... Actually, I think right now you need to perpetually log in for Doom 3. I might not buy that until that's fixed. Ah. Uh. Doom ages like beautifully. That game. I think we've talked mm-hmm. about this before a couple oh, of yeah, years. Oh yeah, it's still but so playable. It really, really aged well. It's it's the same as Tetris. It's like they yeah. they had one idea, executed it simply and well. Ah. Uh. And 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 it stands the test of time. I'm I played through lots of the first Doom, and played a bit of Doom 2, which of course is the better one, um, but I wanted to get through a lot of Doom first since I got the, the both of them. And yeah, playing them on the Switch with random YouTube videos on the TV, I've, I've had a lovely week with that. Bethesda bullshit aside, that's been quite nice. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, just, it's just one of those, t- like you said, like Tetris, it's one of those timeless games that just, it was mechanically so good and just so refined and there's just... It's just such a beautiful loop, the gameplay in that game, the exploring, the getting the ammo, finding the new guns and the shooting, you know, okay, it's maybe not as uh, great a, a, a shooter fundamentally as some other games nowadays, but it's still beautifully playable and it's not, it's not like Half-Life 1 where it has mechanically aged very badly. Yes, yeah. You know? Yeah, because it, it, Doom focuses on the one thing. Um, and while while the shooting is not as intricate as as, as other games, um, certainly games from today, just point the gun and shoot. That's all yeah, it needs. That's why it works. Yeah, yeah, that's why it works so well. You just point, <laughs> yeah. make sure you've got the enemy lined up with your gun and press the gu- press the button and go bang bang. And that's it. That's all it needs. Mm-hmm. And it's it is still great. Um, yeah, it's it's still a lot of fun. I'm, I'm I am glad I picked it up. Bethesda bullshit notwithstanding, it's nice to have it on the Switch. Boom, chick, chick. Boom, yep. chick, chick. So good, so good yeah. though. Those ones with the shotguns are still the worst. I think they're the sergeants. The shot shotgun enemies are still the worst. I prefer 
bigger demon enemies to them. Because they've got projectiles I can see and sidestep. Once that fucker hits you with the shotgun, he's taken off some bloody health. Mm. You know what I fucking loved about Doom as a as a young fellow? Was that it had an easy mode. It had multiple difficulty modes, yeah. Which meant I was able to play it and finish it, which is something that was rare for me back in the day. Yeah. What a good game Doom is. Yeah. It's a good game. What a really good game Doom is. It's amazing Bethesda publish it, publishes it. It's like you want to grab all the Bethesda executives and peel their eyelids open and be like, look at what you're publishing. Yeah. Look at it. It's brilliant. It's so simple. It's the Led Zeppelin of video games. It just ages beautifully and yeah. it was just great for its time and it's still great now. And, you know, I'm trying to find other analogies that come to me. <laughs> and it's metal as fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's Chris Jericho for the wrestling fans. Good stuff. Yeah. Resident Evil 4 is another old game I'm playing on Switch because uh, all the Resident Evils went on discount on Switch. Oh, how 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 much was 4 down to? Uh, it's like, it was 33% off. I can't remember exactly how much that makes it. That's more reasonable. Yeah, they're like 33% off on that and the Resident Evil remaster and the Resident Evil Zero release. Mm. And I think one of the others, maybe, but those are the three ones I remember. Um, yeah. Resident Evil 4 is still really good. Yeah. I agree with you, though, that the... Um... The sudden cutscene QTEs can eat a bag of rotten, bloated zombie dicks. They're criminal. There should have been arrests. There should have been trials. There should have been retribution for that. Mm. Um, yeah, they're really annoying still. And they mean you can't... It's, it's worse on the Switch because I've played that game so many times that my mind drifts when I'm playing, playing through it again. When I see the same cutscenes that I've seen so many times in my life. And especially on Switch, where I'm, I like to have something else on in the background as well, um, just to keep my overactive mind from, you know, chewing itself alive. Uh, so I tend to, during cutscenes, drift off, and I'm like, you know, I might have Red Letter Media videos playing or something, and then I'll pay a bit more attention to that. And then I'll look down and see the game over screen <laughs> because some fucker <laughs> come at me with an axe. Um, that can do one. I must go back to Resi 4. Some of the... Mechanically, it's a little dated, a little stilted. Mm. Mm. But so much of it still holds up. It's still really fun to fight a lot of the Ganados um, and shooting them in different body parts and seeing them react, which at the time, I don't think was innovative, but it was certainly... It was still fresh and it was done really well that people took real notice to it. Um, you know, shooting weapons out of enemies' hands or hitting them in the leg and watching them react by grabbing their leg. That was very new at the time and it was really exciting. Uh, and I just, I love the whole tone of Resident Evil 4. It's like they thought, what if Resident Evil 4 was Metal Gear Solid? And they just mm. rolled with it. I miss Leon in this. He was so much more serious in Resi 6. I mean, Resi 6 was such a fucking dour game and so miserable and so... It was a shit game. Um, I'll still... I'll die on that hill. There's no way he could be serious in 4. Like, oh no, I'm going against a tiny Napoleon man who's transformed into a monster on the ceiling. Yeah. Like, how can you take that seriously? Go get low. Go get low. Mr. <laughs> Kennedy. I love, I love the, the zombies in Resi 4. They're the best. Mozzie, Missy, Will. Matalo. 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 <laughs> <laughs> They're great. Um, yeah, that was like some proper, not Ubisoft iconic, there was some proper iconic stuff in there. And, and it's a shame that in, you know, Resis that followed went serious against. So you couldn't have like the merchant back who wasn't out of place in Resi 4, but would have been in 5 and 6. I don't think he would have been out of place too much in 7. One, what, part of what I really like about 7 is it brought some of that campiness back yeah. um, that the 5 and 6 discarded. But 4, when it comes to being camp, having Metal Gear Solid style over-the-top nonsense, it's still... Like, I love Wesker as a villain, but no one comes close to Sadler. Um, the main, I mean, Salazar, the, the little guy, was great as well. But Sadler, as this smug, smarmy sna snake of a guy, such an asshole. I love him as, as the main villain of this. And he, I don't think we'll ever see him again because he was so self-contained. Um, but he might be my favourite Resident Evil, like, big main villain, Sadler. He was terrific. Um, yeah, it was just full of humour, silliness. Oh, Sadler. 
Lord Sadler. Oh. It's really, really good. Stuff. Some of those so, so zombies could audition for Sepultura. Oh, no, they can't. Sepultura do Portuguese. My bad. Uh, They're Spanish. Are there any Spanish metal bands? Any well-known Spanish metal bands that sing in Spanish? I'm sure there are. I'm sure they're all well-known in Spain. Yeah. You can tweet, tweet Spanish metal bands at me, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I played I played something this week that I enjoyed more than I expected to. Um, so in, I, I'm a fan of, like, you know, trading card games and those kind of things, but I don't buy physical cards anymore because, oh, my God, who's got the fucking money to get invested in those economies? But I like the the mechanics of you know car like you know deck building card game type things. Um, and the one that used to be my bread and butter was Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, you know back in the back in the late nineties, mid two thousands. And there is a Yu-Gi-Oh game coming to Switch. It's called Yu-Gi-Oh Legacy of the Duelist uh, Link Evolution. It's a shitty, terrible name. That's you know, it's too long and convoluted. But it's basically what I wanted out of a Yu-Gi-Oh video game in that it's uh hey, you've not played it for you've not played this card game for 15 years. Uh here's like interactive tutorials to get you up to speed on how the mechanics have changed. Here is a really lengthy single player that goes through all of the stories from all the animes for all the shit that you've not paid attention to. Um and there is zero in the way of DLC or, you know, microtransactions for getting more cards. It is entirely play the game, get more cards, play more of the game. I'm like, oh, that that is apparently exactly what I wanted. The, the fucking Pokemon trading card game on the Game Boy equivalent of give me the give me the card game, but on a physical cartridge. So I never have to spend money buying booster packs. No. Mm. So I'm I it, it it did what it needed to do. It taught me how it's 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 taught me how to get back up to speed on that game. And I'm like, yeah, I I, I could go, I could go for more Yu-Gi-Oh in my life. I miss playing that particular card game. Speaking of things that haven't been around for over a decade, yeah, mm. uh, I'm I'm pretty hyped up that Tool announced their new album title. Ooh, what is it? I'm I'm take I'm taking a week away from everything when that album comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Been waiting so long for that. What's what's the album title? Uh, oh, it's like uh, actually, it is typically um, very typically pretentious in I, in, in two I, I was fashion. imagining so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm really distracted here, guys. This one, I'm trying to I'm trying to look it up. Oh, Fear Inoculum. Yeah. Is that it? Fear Inoculum. There we are. And it's right here. Fear inoculum. <laughs> oh, fun. I, tell you, I, I, I haven't listened to much Tool. I listened to quite a bit of A Perfect Circle yeah. because a lot of people I knew listened to that. Um, mm. A friend of mine is a huge Tool fan. Um, gone to see them and everything whenever they can. Perfect Circle, they're great too. That first album is is spectacular. I, I very much enjoy what I have heard of Tool, but I've never... I've never felt the the urge to go. I need to go and listen to more of them on my own terms. But I've always enjoyed what I've heard. So yeah, I got a few bands like that. I think Tool especially, um, not that they don't appeal to other people, but I think they especially appeal to musicians and guitar players, and because because the stuff they do is so out there when it comes to rhythms and and the times and. But then they back that all up with a real emotion as well, which is rare with kind of prog music, in my opinion. So. Yeah, I can't fucking wait, man. Tool! <laughs> well, that's exciting. Is there anything else we want to cover before we total off? Uh, no. Uh, I, I don't I don't think so. Uh, Twitch got into a tizzy because a woman did breastfeeding and now they're going, but <laughs> is breastfeeding sex? <gasps> mm, it's not really. In fact, if you want to classify it as that, I would be very concerned about yeah. you as an individual. <laughs> If you thought that was sex, yeah. I would fall in the line with breastfeeding where it's like, you know, it's probably the most natural thing in the world. And I'm kind of, you know, being offended by it is really, to me, I feel... At best, it's infantile to be offended by that. You're literally, you've got the mindset of ooh boobies. You're thinking the way a fucking juvenile would think about it. The, The conspiracy theories I was seeing were wild. The conspiracy theory that, aha, 
she got pregnant and had a child purely so that she would have a defence to get oh her tit out on God. stream. Jesus Christ. Uh, so that she could steal all the views away from the male streamers because oh no one's watching them God. when there's when there's a single boob sorted out for a baby on that stream over there. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah. the worst thing I've heard today. And I've just been arguing over Bethesda PR. Yeah. Holy crap. That's brilliant. That's that's that is amazing. That is shocking. Not even going to go into the implications of like implying that people find that titillating. Pardon the pun. Imagine that but though. It's breastfeeding a baby. Yes. You know, it's just completely fucking normal. If you were breastfeeding an adult, <laughs> then sure, that's yeah. a thing, and then that is whatever it is, and that's probably not for showing on Twitch, but that. I, that the imagine if you were that child in this like conspiracy theorist's world. <laughs> you uh, you're a very special child. I had you so I could get one of my boobs out on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! And it, I presume Twitch is allowing this, right? Uh, so they seem to be. Yeah. They initially were a bit cagey, and but they they don't seem to have taken this person down. So it seems like they they're gonna stand behind this streamer. I mean, I I get that there could be fine lines here that like someone could take their boob out and just leave it hanging there for five minutes. Yeah, yeah, but that's cl- in context clearly not what was going on. Being like. I'm about to breastfeed, but this seems to, like, I very much doubt that's what's... <laughs> it's just boobs. Like, if I decide to go on Twitch, and I'm not saying I'm doing this right now, but if I were on Twitch right now with one of my boobs out and I was suckling a boglin, right, that wouldn't be on. So don't do it. I'm not... Who said I'm doing it right now? And if you if you literally had milk coming out of your boob, that would be a bit worrying. Yeah. I'm not saying that's happening right now. Who's saying it is? I will say, though, boobies are fantastic. I mean, they're great, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're wonderful. I'll say this, and I know this will be contr- controversial, but I've got no quarrel with them. <laughs> I, as, as, as someone who, who was such a fan of them, I went, I'll have a pair of those. <laughs> they're pretty all right. <laughs> I mean, that's a seal of approval right there. Yeah, I mean, they're top it notch. doesn't get much more flattering towards boobies than that, does it? <laughs> Okay. Should we wrap up? We'll wrap yeah. up. Wrap up our boobies so no yes. one can see them. Because that is scandalous unchristian behavior. I'm going to get my own stuff out of the way just because I've got an exciting exciting oh. imminent thing. Um if you are around or can get to Pittsburgh Saturday, this is my my northern debut. Uh, I've done work in the wrestling industry down here in the south, uh, in Mississippi and Alabama, but I will be at the Rise Stronghold in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Saturday night. Um, I've I've tweeted about it a few times. You can also look up, um, I think it's risewrestling.com, but their their Twitter handle is rise with a Y, R-Y-S-E underscore wrestling. Uh, they've got all the details there. So, yes, the Rise Stronghold, R-Y-S-E, Rise Stronghold, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Saturday night. Uh, I'll be there as special guest as part of a huge show they've got. It's going to be a real good show. I've been keeping up with, I've been studying um, my new stomping ground, as I want to do. Uh, and I love the shows they've been putting on. But I feel like they need someone to take charge of things. So we'll see what I do in that regard uh, on Saturday night. So that's very exciting. Also, new merchandise is up on the Gymporium. That's thegymporium.com. The, you know what the is, J-I-M-P-O-R-I-U-M. Forgot how to spell for a moment there. Thegymporium.com. We've got new badges, uh, new T-shirt. I think we could, yeah, I think he put that up. A new Amiel Hardcore t-shirt, and I will be planning on doing more commentocracy in the future. Um, so, yeah, stuff on that. We're, we're doing the Summer of Sterling sale right now. There's discounts. If you go there, you can see all the details there. Uh, so, yeah, do check that out. And that's my stuff out the way. And, Laura, uh, how could people look at the things, what you have done, and read the things, what you have written for books? Yeah, me and my things. Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Laura K. Buzz that's where you will find most of the things I post. Laura K Buzz on Patreon, that's what pays the bills. 
uncomfortable labels. It's that book what I wrote about being trans and on the autism spectrum, and it's out now. Uh, things I learned from Mario's Butt. It's that book I've got coming up that you can check out uh, that, you know, will be out in the next few months. Things I've done recently this week, uh, I did a preview of Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist. I interviewed Adam Conover from Adam Ruins Everything on my podcast Tonal Whiplash, which nice. is an interview podcast I do. Um, I wrote a thing about an album by an artist called Dessa, who I think is wonderful, and a band called Big Red Ass, who do silly songs about hats, and they're great. Um, other than that, just Laura K. Buzz. That's it, really. Laura K. Buzz. Cool, cool. Laura K. Buzz. Look it up. Enjoy. And Gav, your your Bloodborne song. Yes. Um, for some reason, I... For some reason, I forgot to check it out, even though I really like your songs. Yeah, it happens. Um, so I didn't bloody get round to checking out Thousand Dies, which is your new Bloodborne mm. song. It is terrific. Thank you. I really, really like it. I've always liked your Dark Souls and Bloodborne stuff especially. Um, but this one was was fantastic. And how, if people want to know where they could listen to Thousand Dies uh, or your other great songs, where would they go? Well, thank you, first of all. I like that one too. It's symphonic mm. metal is a really fun genre to make. Mm -hmm. uh, and I like doing it from time to time. But if you want to hear all my songs, which are in multiple genres, not just metal, uh, you can find Miracle of Sound on YouTube or on Spotify or iTunes or any of the good stores. You can stream it. You can watch it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound. You can help me on Patreon, Miracle of Sound, if you want to help keep me in a job. And also, I have loads of merch up on Fan Fiber, uh, like T-shirts and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it all helps. I don't think I forgot anything. Okay, excellent. <laughs> so that's it, folks. That's that's the business. Um, thank you so much for listening, for watching, for supporting everything we do. Um, we hope to see you next time. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye.